Alright, I'm recording. I'm at home with my dog on the couch, so if uh, if you start hearing barking or scratching at the door, or if you hear a child scream, uh, like one of them is murdering the other one, then uh, yeah, that's where that's where I am. <laughs> it's just another day, just another day. At the home office. Oh man, this this day is like every other day in my life. No different, for sure. Oh goodness! Well, we we were talking the other day about forbearance, and first of all, we need to clear clarify. I think which forbearance we're talking about. Did you want to? Did you? <laughs> did you want? Uh. Yes. You immediately subscribe to Ancestry.com. Try, try, try to figure this out in a couple hours. <laughs> do, do you do you and your family know like how far back your family tree goes? Do you know, well I mean you know how far back it goes. <laughs> Do you how how many <laughs> do you do you have <laughs> we're gonna save the alien episode for another day. That's we're not going down that path today. Don't <laughs> yeah. Oh man. This is going really well. I don't even feel like I should ask, but I'm going to anyway. Do you know any of your family history past, like, your grandparents or great-grandparents? <laughs> I, I, think, I think everyone says the same thing. Uh... Yeah. <sighs> wow, you real you are more you're more important now. Definitely. Way. You should feel good about yourself. <sighs> good grief. Yeah. Who knew you were such a good leader this whole time? Wow. Um no, we we plan to talk about forbearance as in enduring Patience, bearing with one another. This does this sound exciting to talk about? Oh gosh, it's, it's gonna it's gonna be one of these days, huh? Okay, gotta watch my words here. It makes sense to me. Yes. In fact, I, I think often the things that are 
most important that we ought to be talking about most carefully, considering most carefully in our own souls, uh, are easily those things uh, which we refuse to talk about, things that we don't that we don't want to talk about. It's kind of like when a, when a friend recommends a book and he's like, "Listen, friend, this is a." <laughs> This is a book that you should read. <laughs> I don't I don't have the quote, but it's like when you have a book and for a friend, he's like, you should really read this, it applies to you. And he's not real excited about it. It's kind of like that, maybe. <laughs> just a random scenario, just, I'm just coming, you know, you know, just if... I don't, I don't have a text chat that I'm looking at right now that I'm thinking about, no. No. <laughs> Would you say forbearance is one of the more difficult parts of either pastoral ministry or being a, a Christian? Maybe before we even ask to say that, should we just define, should we do our best to define forbearance? You brought up fruit of the Spirit, and are you saying fruit of, uh, that uh, forbearance is a fruit of the Spirit? I don't, that wasn't in the translation that I memorized the fruit of the Spirit in. Mm-hmm. 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 Maybe impossible if it's if it's the fruit of the spirit that on our own it's it's kind of undoable in in a godly way. Well, is forbearance the same thing as patience in your mind, or is there a? I mean, I'm I'm, I'm asking you because I consider you the foremost Greek scholar in my life. I just I just assume you've got the Greek New Testament pretty much on memory and on recall. So listen, I barely understand the English language personally. So the fact that you majored in Greek in your THM Oh, oh minored. That's a very humble way of saying that you are exactly what I just said you were <laughs> in, in my in my mind. <laughs> so is there is there a difference though, if you can't recall the words, is there a difference in your minds between patience and forbearance in scripture? I'm gonna pull up a couple of passages, but just curious what your thought is first. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's it is interesting that the in the fruit of the spirit we have patience, which is not the same as the word for forbearance. But in Galatians, right after Paul walks through the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, right after he talks about that, he talks about keeping in step with the spirit, and then he goes on explicitly to talk about I think what is one extension of patience or, or extensions of one of the fruits which is if anyone is caught in a transgression galatians 6 you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of christ so he comes out of the fruit of the spirit to talk about bearing one another's burdens and in uh, Colossians, you, you mentioned Colossians 3. I think this is kind of the, the prime, one of the, the, the prime passages on uh, on forbearance and its centrality in the Christian life. Paul is telling the church, you know, to put these things to death, the these old wicked practices, um, and to put on the, the new self. And he calls us, Colossians 3.12, put then... On then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. And then he adds, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must forgive. So there's, in Colossians and Galatians, he uses the word patience, but then he talks about bearing with one another, as if... It seems to show that forbearance and bearing with one another is not just patience. Patience seems to have more to do with time, as in I'm I'm waiting, I'm willing to wait for these things not to happen immediately. Bearing with one another seems to have to do with a connection to your personal burden, a relationship with someone. Uh, bearing someone else's sin, bearing their sorrow, uh, bearing uh, in Colossians in particular, if someone has a complaint against another, which I'm just man, praise God that doesn't happen in the church. The people people don't complain about each other. But that's that's the joy of the church, no complaining, and so so there is a there is a difference here that Paul doesn't just see kind of patience as a we'll just go sit over here and and wait until the storm passes but bearing with one another is getting in there actually dealing with each other's stuff helping each other uh bearing with one another in in particular to your complaints about each other and against each other um so it has kind of a i'm picking up your load with you whether it's your sin or your sorrow and I'm doing that for a while. That that that's kind of how I'm understanding forbearance. It's picking up your load, but adding the patience piece because I'm going to do this for the long haul with you. Forbearance is an, an ongoing, lingering, lasting, putting up with, accepting. Uh, in fact, I think in the Holman Christian version, they put in accepting one another. Which is not wrong, but um, we think of accepting as kind of, you're fine the way you are, everything is good, accept you like that. When I think it means accepting in the sense of accept things as they are, and don't make your love or relationship to each other conditional or uh, based on how things are going, or how light or how heavy a burden is. So bearing, that's kind of what I'm thinking, I don't know if that if that is helpful but i think it is good to see paul how he uses patience and forbearance and bearing with one another hmm. mm -hmm. 
A champion, a championing of it in some in some sense, yeah. So does that mean the culture gets it? Are you saying that they've? Mm -hmm. So. Di di dissect that. What would you, what would you say is the main difference? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which I, which my, my understanding of Romans five is that Paul's saying, God, was forbearing of these sins before Christ, and that and that He did not finally and totally deal with them until Christ, is that what He's saying? It, my recollection of Romans five is that, is that we just quoted, three is that. Paul is saying his forbearance was, I am enduring your sin until I deal with it fully and finally in Christ. Right. So that, so that it, it wasn't a, hey, just leave it alone. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and I, I think what he said it's really helpful to me to remember that forbearance is not simply a command that the Lord gives us to kind of go fulfill and do about how to live together in a in a good society, and I think that's often where you know the culture is left, you know, with with kind of a morally empty idea of forbearance. When the the deeper understanding and meaning is God Himself is forbearing, God Himself is patient, God Himself is willing to endure our sin uh, to a degree, um, and 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 not judge us and cast us out as we deserve now, 
uh, and, and the same for the entire earth, you know. Uh, we were on the way to camp the other day, and uh, oh, preteen camp, which, you know, I, I didn't intend to do this, but there are so many illustrations of forbearance when it comes to preteen camp. But on the way, uh, <laughs> zero, I have zero forbearance for that. Um, but on the way, uh, one of my sons asked, Dad, if God could have, um, if he can do anything, why didn't he just deal with sin immediately, right at the beginning? And uh, we, had, we had a good conversation about uh, God's desires and his will and why he lets things happen. And But another answer for the, a kind of question like that might be that God displays forbearance in his creation. He's a forbearing God. And over and over and over in his relationship with Israel and his relationship with Adam and Eve and all mankind, his recovenanting with Noah, I mean, God is forbearing through the whole Bible over and over and over uh, with his people. And mm -hmm. Which I think is the main difference between the the culture and Christians is we see a we see a God who is forbearing and has created a world where he displays his forbearance of sin and of mankind time and time again through covenant, uh, through faithfulness, through mercy over sin, and who then leads his people to be holy as he is holy to be a forbearing kind of people, not quick to anger, right? Um, right. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm Listening. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and it, it seems like the culture has taken tolerance and made it the central morality. When what you just described is, which becomes a, a in an atheistic, it's a baseless morality, not to go down an apologetics creation morality discussion, but it, it basically, it, it takes God out of the morality equation. And I think Christians ought to consider this, that the, um, the culture and societal idea of tolerance is not godly. It's not like they have a better idea of God of godliness than we do, because God's forbearance is you are supposed to be like this, like me. You're supposed to be in my image. You're supposed to be holy and righteous as I created you so that my glory would fill the earth. You're supposed to be like that, and you are not. And God, in his mercy and in his nature, is forbearing of us not being what we are supposed to be. And the entire plan of redemption is a forbearing plan to say, I'm going to do it slowly and in time and beautifully to display my power and my kindness and my grace through generation after generation and then ultimately and for eternity through Christ. And then with Christians, forbearing Christians and having Christians forbear each other so that his forbearance comes to comes to bear on the earth. But the idea that we that it's judgy in in a negative sense uh, to want someone to be different and that tolerance is a better way, I just think it's godless. And, it, and it's the exact opposite point of what makes God's forbearance so beautiful, is that you're supposed to be like this and, and you're not, and forbearance is sticking with you, remaining in covenant with you, caring for you, and, and getting you to a glorified, sanctified end. It's, 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 it's so different. Uh mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. 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 doesn't have any doesn't have any teeth it's not it's not really living yeah yeah well it just it just becomes it just kind of becomes void of of meaning where tolerate why right where are we you're making uh it becomes where toleration is moral good and on what basis is tolerance and moral good? If you're a tolerant kind of person, um, and when you when you take away tolerating other people uh, on the way to some kind of righteousness, or tolerating others because they're not right now righteous, um, but tolerating them as they are, as if nothing is wrong with any of us. Um, then it, it just it undoes the idea of what God is. And I, I do think that it is tempting and and it's a struggle. I didn't expect for this conversation to go this way today. But for Christians to look at the culture and think why uh, the world and you know the my my uh, my headquarters at the office, you know, we're we're told to be more tolerant and more forbearing, to use the church word, in in, in my workplace than at the church, as if we're tempted to think there's a better idea out there 
than the church. And it's actually an empty, void, godless idea of tolerance. That God has an idea of what we should be. That we should be, uh, we were created, fashioned from the very beginning to to be like him. And when, when this comes, I, I find this encouraging to talk about because I think we, we often feel frustrated when it comes time to forbear other people. And let's just stop here for a minute and just say that I think in, in our most honest selves, you and I would both say, and anyone should be able to say in honesty, um, A, God has been very kind to be forbearing with me, one. And two, there are many people who I trust have probably been extremely forbearing of me. And that it's not about, well, you know, it's so easy to get in the mindset of, oh, God, help me be forbearing with all these idiots today. <laughs> and God's going, uh, you're one. You, you're, you're the one, right? You're, you're it. Uh, pastors, yes, he's like, actually, I'm forbearing you saying stuff like that. Um, and it, it's very easy to get into the mindset because, and I think that's the trap of, of an amoral tolerance as well. It's, it's actually a, a, a thinly veiled self-righteousness that I am the tolerant one of everyone else who is, is different and, and, or, or, or wrong in some way. And it's easy in the Christian world, even even within the gospel context, even within the church context, to think, uh, you know, I'm I'm going to do that. I'm going to take up my cross and forbear all these immature Christians. And the Lord is saying, actually, you're part of. You need this. You need this from the church yourself. Um, but I think it's encouraging that this is in God's nature. This is part of the gospel. This is not just a command. Uh, for us to do outside of who God is. It's it's what he's like toward us. We receive it from him. We have the example in him. And it's encouraging to know that the Lord doesn't ask the church to forbear one another indefinitely and amorally. That you're just supposed to put up with each other because it's going to be like this forever. So get used to it. That that kind of, uh, you, know, buck, you know, pull your boots up. And you know, buckle your jeans tighter. I'm, I don't, I don't know what I'm saying here, but get ready for the long haul, and put up with each other, and just accept each other the way you are. But there's actually forbearance scripturally has an a moral aim. It has a sanctifying aim and purpose. Um, I find that incur. It makes me want to be more forbearing of other people when I realize God's doing something with them. God is doing something with all of us. He's transforming. He's sanctifying. He's using the trials in their lives to shape them into the likeness of Christ. He uses all things together for the good of those who love him, conforming to the image of Christ. So I find that encouraging that I can forbear because you're on the way to something. If you're a Christian, I can trust that assuredly. And and I'm not just kind of stuck here trying to ignore it. I don't know. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
Well, I, I, that's a really good point. I, I like the dissection that you made, the discernment between um, what I kind of perceive as the difference between the tolerance culture and the and the cancel culture, which I think has the same roots culturally. Um, they both come from uh, relativism. And how quickly have we gone from tolerance being a chief uh, a chief thing until we're, we're we're canceling those who are not tolerant <laughs> which is just a a, a a moral uh paradox for lack of a better word so i think you bring up a good question that there is a difference between forbearing brothers in their sin and forbearing those who are struggling in sorrow who are weak in faith who are low in spirit and the need to remove someone from the church, from affirming their faith as Christians uh, because of their lack of repentance, because of their life not looking like their profession. When you mentioned 1 Corinthians 5, the other would be Matthew 18. It's a primary passage for this where Jesus talks about treating them like Gentiles and tax collectors if they are warned once, then by a small group, and then by the whole church, then remove them. And what's interesting is after this is, this is so helpful. Right after Jesus gives this scenario, we, we get that Peter understands exactly what Jesus is saying. That uh, if your brother sins against you, go to him. Forbearance doesn't mean uh, go sit home in your closet and just wait till everyone's better. If your brother sins against you, go to him and tell him his fault. And if he refuses to listen to you, then go to him with two or three more. And, but if he listens to you, you've gained a brother, move on, no big deal. But if he refuses, then you take it to the church. If he refuses to listen to the church, then you remove him. And then Peter asked the question, well, Lord, <laughs> this is a question I think we're all really asking in our minds. And I think it's about forbearance. How many times should I forgive him? How many times should I forgive him? <laughs> Seven times? Seven? You know? I'm like, Seven? Peter clearly hasn't been around the church long where he would have come up with a bigger number first, right? Seven? No, no, no. We, I get seven every day. But he asked the question seven times, and Jesus gives the response that we know well. No, I tell you 70 times seven, which comes up, if you're, if you're good at math, like I am, being from Mary Harden Baylor, that's 490. And 
the answer is obviously not 490 start counting, right? Like you only get 490, and if you're at 485, you tell your friend to be really careful, right? It's quick, it's quick counting. Quit counting how many times they wrestle with sin and repent from sin. Quit it. Quit. Just for, if they recognize their sin and they confess and repent, they turn, they keep coming back to Bible study, back to preaching, back to being in fellowship with the church. They keep telling you their sin. They keep asking for you to pray that they overcome it. Forbear with them through the 490 times it might take them to go through with this until they're glorified in the end. So the difference would be when for, for we get off the forbearance track onto the discipline track, if you will, when there is no repentance, right? We are called to forbear repenting Christians. We are called to remove those who refuse to repent clearly of sin and therefore should be removed for the sake of the purity of the name of Christ and for a, a warning of a danger to their own souls uh, that they do not seem to be in the faith. So that's how I would answer the question. I don't know if that's helpful or brings up other questions. Mm-hmm. 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 What what made you ask that question? What is the what, what news article are you reading right now? What do you, what do you mean by that? I mean, I because in one sense, I want to say yes, we shouldn't give the most severe punishment uh, for a small crime per se. We we shouldn't punish someone uh, with the full extent of the law the first time uh, a, a crime is committed. Is that what you mean? 
I just, I feel, I know I see where you're going with that. I think it's a, it could be confusing to, to kind of begin to discuss the multiple applications because the, the government has a different charge than the church and isn't beholden to the, to the same uh, mandate as Dietrich Bonhoeffer called it, that it, it's, it's not there for the same thing. And so I'm not sure that it has the same relationship to forbearance in the world with anyone because it doesn't have the same relationship to the gospel. It doesn't have the same relationship to the kingdom. So my answer would be, uh, since you put me on the spot, that the church has a unique understanding of forbearance to the world, as we've discussed, but it also has a unique application of forbearance in the world. Um, you know, we, you, you might commit a crime that means you need to go to jail according to the law and the church might be willing to still forgive you and keep you as a member of the church because best we can tell you are repentant and still a Christian and we will continue to forbear your sin. That does not mean the government should say exactly. Yep. But the government doesn't have the same mandate. The government should probably put you in jail if you did that thing, uh, which deserves it. So that, that might be a distinction. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
No, I think that's helpful that the call to forbearance, it is a call to the Christian in Colossians 3 and in Galatians 6 to be a kind of person that is like God. It is, it is the outpouring, the fruit, the work of the Holy Spirit in your life to become more patient, uh, more forbearing, uh, that you are willing to bear others' burdens over a longer period of time with more grace and more mercy because that's what God is like. For example, when I when Colette and I were first dating, one of the one of the reasons <laughs> that she didn't want to uh, marry me at first is I was really struggling with anger, and she wasn't so sure that I that she could live with an angry person, um, and I don't think I had realized it at the time until she had said something. And uh, I, I still managed to marry the woman somehow. And I think by God's grace, I've been able to become more forbearing and patient over the years. She has certainly grown in that as much or more than I. Um, but there's a, there's a process of forbearing with people like, like that, uh, a, a growth in individuals. But we're not saying to the woman who's being abused by her husband or even the employee who is being abused by their um, employer, uh, taking advantage of financially uh, or something like that, that, that you should simply stick your head in the sand and ignore it as if uh, that's all there is to it. We're, we're certainly not encouraging that. Um, but Paul, Christ himself, often does send us into difficult situations uh, to handle them wisely. So if someone were to say, well, I've got this situation, does it mean just forgive? No. You, you walk in, my, my answer is not just, well, forgive and keep keep moving on. No, there, there are situations where you might need to make some kind of change uh, for yourself, for others, um, no doubt. We're talking, I think, mostly... Go ahead. Right, right. Yeah, that'd be bad counsel. Yeah, but but so that that's never never the instruction. But I think we're talking mostly about the day to day relationship between Christians in the church, husbands and their wives, fathers and their children, uh, employees and employers. Right? I've had plenty of people come over the years and explain to me the difficult if there was situation at work, and forbearance is instruction that I've often given. You know, do you do you think that there's a better boss down the road. There might be. Of course there is. Um, but maybe the Lord has put you here for your own sanctification. Maybe the Lord has put you here to be a, a witness. Among, you know, What are the other employees going to think when your boss is acting like a jerk? And, and they all go to gossip about it in the break room. You have an opportunity to be different, uh, to be forbearing, to be patient, to try to be understanding, uh, to try to be supportive and encouraging and to build up, not tear down. As Paul says in Galatians in Ephesians four, so there 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 are unique opportunities there outside the church, but we're talking mostly about forbearing one another in the church, um, and and walking with one another as the Lord is doing something in their lives, um, and I think it's important that Paul talks to us, you know, generally in Ephesians and Colossians and Galatians, talking about the fruit of the spirit as. This is kind of a way to live. This is Paul's not answering every scenario, right? Like when we get to pass, when we get to where Paul talks about Ephesians uh, chapter five, he's talking about uh, wives submitting to husbands, husbands loving your wives, respecting your wives. We, we immediately when we hear those things, we begin to ask, "Well, what about? What does that mean? Let, let's categorize this. Let's let's you know let's define the scope." And I don't know if Paul's even trying to do that. And when Paul tells the church to put to death the things of the flesh and to put on graciousness, forgiveness, compassion, forbearing with one another, Paul's telling us to grow in being like these kinds of grow in being these kinds of people. Grow in and this should be your nature increasingly. That's what it that's what it means to grow as a Christian. You become more forbearing, more patient more kind, more compassionate as you grow to be like Christ? Does that answer the question of wisdom that you need for every scenario? No. But 
you ought to be able to say increasingly, I'm doing, I'm answering those wise questions out of a, an increasingly initial response of forbearance, an increasingly an initial response of grace and patience, because I'm becoming more and more like God himself, who has infinitely been so patient and forbearing with me. Um, and so it's not answering all of the what ifs, but I think most of the time we'll find that our our questions. And I'm gonna be very careful because there are you know there there are a lot of questions about when I should do what and what. But most often, I think those questions uh, are self protective and can be self justifying or self righteous. You know, well, you want me to be forbearing when he's over here doing this and this and this. Well, well, yeah, that that's that's the definition of forbearance. He's not doing what he's supposed to do. The, the 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 thing you are supposed to forbear and forgive is complaint against one another. Uh, forbearance isn't just you running an amoral race by yourself. Forbearance is you forbearing the people. So the very thing you're complaining about, uh, wondering if you have to forbear, is the very thing that you are supposed to be forbearing. And I think so often we ask questions to kind of get out of what the Lord has actually called us to do, which is do hard things, uh, do loving things, do things that are very costly to us uh, for the sake of living out uh, godliness and, and Christ-likeness. Um, I, I think the thing to think about most is, and that so often helps me, it's so easy to get into the mindset that uh, I'm, I'm fine, everyone else is the problem. And even in my own idea of forbearance, it's kind of putting up with all these people around me who are so messed up. And the best answer to that is to do what Paul did in, in Colossians and talk about forbearing and forgiving one another as Christ has forgiven you. And as soon as I begin to think about my list of my thoughts and my heart and what I let happen, what came out of my mouth... I begin to realize really quickly the Lord is being very forbearing, patient, forgiving, and gracious to me. And it makes me want to listen to whatever anyone else has to say. My kids screaming, uh, my wife having a hard day, uh, my, my church members being at odds. makes me want to listen to them with, with more patience, thinking that that's what God's doing for me. And it just, it, it looking at Christ does things to the heart. Just looking at him and what he's done for you, it it shapes your heart more than Bible study, uh, in in a sense, you know, more more than studying theology. Uh, it just it melts hatred, it, it melts pride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. So here's a question. I, I, I think as you were talking, I, the thought came forbearance is just kind of forgiving um, for a long time and over and over and over that forbearance has the bearing the burden, the forgiveness, the accepting you as you are for now, knowing that you're going to become something else and doing that for an amount of time. How long? How long do we do this? How long should we put in our minds, I'm going to have to, this This is central, and this is kind of a, an addition, but this is central to what it means to be part of the church. Before I ask that, I'll just, I'll just say it for a minute, that Paul explains forgiveness and forbearance as central to what it means to be a Christian in the church. It's not kind of the thing that you do sometimes when things get bad. But this is this should be the clothes that you put on every single day. I remember going to marriage counseling before uh, we got married, and my uh, the pastor that was counseling us talking to us about forgiveness. And man, I was I was so eager to forgive, thinking you know there Clint and I have had plenty of arguments before. Um, uh, pe people on this, but Colette can argue like the rest of them, right? And her and I are, are, were great at it. Before we got <laughs> before we got married, I just couldn't imagine having to forgive Colette much, and I couldn't imagine uh, her having to forgive me much because we were so happy, and uh, we had challenges for sure. But we were we're getting married, right? This was good. I don't think I realized how much forgiveness was going to be a part of our every single day life. Me to her, her to me. That that was our way. That was life every day. And I think that's how Paul talks about forgiveness and forbearing in the church. That this is not like that thing you do every now and then when stuff goes bad. Every single day when you get on, just like you figure out what you're going to wear, you should be putting on forbearance and patience. This is normal. And I, I think Christians get in, so disenfranchised with the church because they bump into each other's sin and we get tired and we think this is supposed to be over that we've convinced ourselves that the church isn't supposed to have problems other christians are supposed to be better and we're supposed to be better no 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 the better is increased forbearance with one another in sanctification and i think once you realize that you're free it's so freeing to be with people in fellowship to be to gather uh, to sit down and listen to each other's problems uh, to deal with each other's sin, uh, because I realized that forbearance and forgiveness actually is the thing that we're that we're here to exude to each other. Um, yeah, exactly. A a group of Christians forbearing and forgiving each other over and over and over is as much a display of God's goodness in the gospel as the perfect church that you can imagine. It's actually better because it's displaying God's kindness and goodness in the sense of his forbearance and forgiveness. Um, that's what I was asking. How long? And by now, hopefully, we're both going, this is answered. <laughs> in a, in a sense maybe i didn't mean to i didn't mean to do that
Oh, man. I, <laughs> I wasn't, in, I wasn't intend, intending to do that, but uh, I, I hope... Uh, yes, it, it sounds exactly like uh, my wife forbearing me in conversation with her many times. Uh, because I will ask a question and she will look at me as if I've asked a question because I want to give the answer to that question, but I want it to sound like I was asking a question first. Uh, we wrestle with that all the time. <laughs> oh, Let's just say until the Lord takes us to be with him, and until we are made fully into the image of Christ, we are to practice and to put on patience and forbearance every single day. Amen. Amen. That's a great book, by the way. Compelling? Oh, gosh. See you next week. All right, bye.